Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So I can really relate to uh, Jeremiah. Um, he really, he really tells, tells us a lot about his life. You know, he tells us about his ups and his downs and and things like that. So he's telling us like his, his, his encounter with, with God here and how God was just calling him to be a, a prophet over nations, a prophet over na- nations. So he, he was an assigned, he was assigned to, to be a prophet over, over nations. Um, it, and it was a call to restoration because the, the people there in the land were, had been experienced 70 years in exile in, in Babylon, right? So God was, was going to bring them back to a land and so that way they can uh, rebuild his temple. But the assignment was, was not easy. You know, any time a, a prophet receives a word from God to, to deliver it, they were not excited about it because it's usually something much bigger than what they had capacity for. God was like, you're going to be a prophet over nations. I'm giving you these words. It's like, oh, my goodness. Think about the life of Noah, right? He ran from God because he did not want to deliver a word to the Ninevites. They were crazy. The Ninevites were ruthless, right? He knew that. He he thought that they were just going to kill them. So he ran from God, right? So God told me to, to tell someone here, stop running from the word that I gave you. Stop running from the word that I gave you. I'm ready to perform that word, but you keep running. You keep running. See, God, we must understand God won't leave us alone. I, he will not leave us alone. He says to stop running for, um, um, from the word that, I, that I'm giving you. So it may be a word for yourself so that word can restore you, or it may be a word that he wants you to deliver to someone else. Because God is all about restoration. He's all about restoration. It, restoration is his first priority. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, right, he, he had to restore them. Ever since then, he's been restoring his people back to himself. God is in the business of restoration. He wants us to make, he wants to make us whole in every area of our lives. The process of restoration is what transform, uh, transforms us into the new creation. Let me say that again. The process of restoration is what transforms us into the new creation. God is about restoration. See, he he wants to restore us to make us new. That's why every day there's a need for restoration. I hope you woke up this morning and asked God to restore you. Because as we repent, right, Right. We repent and we move forward. Some layers come come off of the old and then we become new every day. Every day there is a need to become new and whole. Are you with me? So what areas of your life 
need restoring. I mean, I think all of us here have lost something. Let's show our hands. How many people here have lost something before? Yeah. All of us, we have that in common. That, so we all have a need for, for restoration, right? So I think all of us have lost it. Some people lost friendship. Some people lost family, job, time, money, joy, peace, focus. There's always a need for restoration. Come on, somebody say, give me my peace back. <laughs> yeah, God w will restore. And, and Joel, or Joel, however, however you want to pronounce it, 2, 25, 27, it says, so I will restore to you the years of the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people should never be put to shame. Then they should never know that they then then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. There is no other. And my people should never be put to shame. God will restore. God will restore. I think we have to get that in our spirit right now. God will restore. Say it with me. God will restore. I'm still not convinced. Say, let's all say it together. Say it with conviction. Say it like you know he's going to restore you. God will restore. He's, God will restore. He will never leave you broken. He will never leave you in a bad condition. Because he will restore you and he will use you to restore someone else. God will give you a word that will just change things. God will give you a word that kind of change your attitude. God will give you a word that will just speak some things into an existence. God will restore. We must, in order for us to move forward, we need to understand that God will restore. Last week, I talked about our testimony, testimonies being the weapon of our warfare. It's one of the weapons of our warfare because your testimony proves that God restores. Right. It, it's so I notice patterns in my testimony. It shows me where I was, where I am and where I am going. It, 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 it proves to me that God restores me because I think about where I am now. I'm not at that place where I was before. I'm not at that place now. Right. So where I was, so it's my testimony that that proves that God restores. I am not the same person I was last year. I'm not the same person I was last month. I've learned some things. Right. So my testimony proves that God restores and encourages me that he, if he did it, then he would do it again. Yeah. 
So your testimony is a weapon, your testimony that should, should motivate you, get you excited, that God will restore. He will never leave you broken. He would never leave you broken. He would never leave you broken. He's all about healing. He's all about restoring. Are you with me? Is anyone here with me? I just want you to just grab the person next to you before we move forward. I just want you to pray for them. Let them encourage them that God will restore whatever they're going through right now. Just, just pray. Just speak prophetically over, over their life that God will restore. Just start praying for the person. Just, just lay, lay hands on somebody next to you and just start praying for them that God's going to restore you. Just encourage them. God's going to restore you. God's going to restore you. He's going, he's, he's going to restore you. God will restore. Come on, just start speaking in their lives. <laughs> and this might be weird to someone, but just start, start speaking into their lives. He's going to restore. He's going to restore. He's going to restore. Everything that you lost, God's going to restore. Relationships. Hallelujah. Come on, a broken heart. He's going to give you a new one. Come on. Come on. Come on. Encourage them today. God will never leave you alone, so we're not going to leave you alone. God will never leave you alone, so we're not going to leave you alone. God will restore. I don't care what you've gone through in life. He's going to restore you. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Thank you, God. Come on. Yes. God will restore. Yes. He will. He's going to restore. But we have to do something. If you don't give your life to God, completely to him, he can't restore you. This is what restoration looks like. It's every day you live your life this way. Every day. So we're going to discuss the foundation in restoration and receiving and receiving restoration and the process of restoration. You know, there is a, a foundation and a process to restoration, and they both are equally important. Equally important. So first, the, the foundation uh, to spiritual restoration. And we talked about this in our leadership uh, uh, retreat. So it may sound weird to you, uh, strange to you, but this is, this is a, a great foundation to have in order for God to restore you. You kind of need this foundation. So you, you ready for it? So is the power of availability. Like you have to be available to be made available for God. So you have to be available. Right. God cannot store you if you don't have time for him. God cannot restore you. Right. If you're not available. To receive from him. Are you with me? Yes. 
See, once you receive his word, then he can perform it. But you have to be available to be made available for God. Right. So you you have to give God your time. You literally have to spend that time with him. So you get to know him. Right. God is not going to restore you just through osmosis. That's not you literally have to spend time with him. Those moments when you when you feel like you're very, very busy. Those are the moments that you really need to spend time with him. Let's think about the story of Martha and Mary. Right. Two different lifestyles. Right. When when Jesus came to Martha's house. Right. And, and to, to fellowship. And, and she, he came with all the disciples. The first thing Martha did, which is not typically a bad thing. She went into the kitchen. She started preparing a meal. And what did Mary do? She sat by his feet. She spent time with him. She was available to receive from him. She was available to receive from. We we must be available to receive from God. We must be available in order for God to restore us. Amen. So when God attempts to restore you, he will invite you into something new. He's trying to do a new thing in your life. The process of of, of restoration is transformation. He He wants you to transform into the new creation, the new creation. See, the enemy loves to distract us from spending time with God. Right. And he just uses our schedule, our families and things that we have to do to his advantage. Right. Because we sometimes we we feel important. We feel like we need to do these things in order to make our families feel better or or co-workers or whatever the case is. The enemy loves to to distract us like we have to do something. We always have to uh, um, go somewhere and do something that takes our time away from spending with God, spending with God. The enemy, Satan, is very strategic. Right. And you must know this. Here how here's how Satan can distract you. He keeps you focused only on what you lost. So you can't serve God because you feel you. you, All you think about is everything that you've lost or things that you did. You you don't have like with with Jeremiah, like God um, corrected Jeremiah. He's like, I'm only a you. I cannot speak. He was like, no, 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 no. Don't focus on what you can't do or what you don't have. You must understand this. My call and my empowerment always match. God's saying that all I need is your yes and your availability. You have to be available. See, so the enemy loves to distract us. So we focus on all the things that we've lost, all the things that we've lost. Here's the convicting question. I ask myself this question, too. If. God restores everything back to you. Will you serve him more? Be careful how you answer that. Be careful how you answer that, because that's called a conditional relationship. And God loves us unconditionally. He wants us to love him unconditionally. Some of us won't move until God do something for us. 
So the enemy loves to distract you. Think about, so we, we spend all of our energy trying to get back what we lost instead of all the things that we can gain in serving God and getting to know him. It's just awesome. So the enemy wants to keep you trapped in that cycle of trying to, to um, get these things back. You cannot restore yourself. You cannot restore yourself. What I want us to learn in this series, God sends and restores at the same time. Look at what Jeremiah 1, 7 through 8 says. It says, but the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a youth for to all for to all to whom I what send you. You shall go and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Then it says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to do what? Deliver you, declares the Lord. So God sins and restores at the same time. So we don't have to be afraid when he sends you. He's going to restore you. He's going to he's going to he says, I'm going to restore you or I'm going to deliver you, declares the Lord. I will I will send you. I will restore you. God will restore. God will restore. See, Jeremiah felt inadequate. God restored his confidence by putting his word in his mouth, by putting his word. in. if the enemy can get you only to focus on what you what you lost or you can't do, you'll never be the person that you're meant to be. God always uses those who are available. He always uses those who are. I remember just coming up in in church, giving my life to to the Lord, and I knew nothing about church at all. Just knew nothing, right? I look back on my life and how many things that I, I pretty much failed at or whatever, but just going to church, I just felt at peace. But I knew nothing about church. I didn't know the Bible. Um, I didn't know how to worship or anything. But all the only one thing I knew how to do was show up. I was just available. So I was available to be taught. I was available to catch certain things. Right. I was available for people to groom me, to mentor me. I showed up all the time. I showed up every week. Every week, I just showed up. I didn't know. You know, I went into the prayer circles. Of, there were people praying. And they, it was really intimidating and all of that, hearing people praying. I didn't say a word, but it was just like, wow, but I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> it, it was amazing. But little by little, as I continued to show up, God was restoring me. He was restoring me. It was, I sensed a rebuild going on yeah. in, in my spirit. So I got to begin to do some new things in my life. And then the, the one day that I took courage, I had courage to pray. I was just like, oh, my gosh, who was that? I knew it wasn't me, but I just kept showing up and kept getting things from other people. We have some we have some prayer warriors in this church. I recommend that you get with them. If you don't know how to pray. It's okay. Just be available. God will teach you. God will send others in your life to teach you how to pray. 
If you don't know how to serve if, in, in church, just show up. We'll find you something to do. God will use you. It could just be your smile. It could just be your hug that will bless someone, that will restore someone. And someone may, may not feel that they're a love. And by you giving them that hug and that, and that smile, be like, I am loved. I am loved. God always uses those who are available. If you aren't available for God, Blessings will not be available for you. I, I'm not the one to gossip. I'm, I'm just, that's just, I just had to tell you. Right? So look at, look at all the, the success of all the great leaders that the Bible have. You know, the one thing they had in common was that they were, they were available. I heard this quote, God often uses the least qualified, the most available to get things done. You don't have to have a degree to serve God. You don't have to have a degree for God to use you. Right? Because he will send you and he will restore you. He will send you with the anointing and whatever that gets in, in the uh, God's way of God's plans, he will deliver you. He will deliver you. Are you with me? Okay, the second, the second way that the enemy will distract you um, is uh, the enemy will stir up tension between your availability in church and time spent with your family. That's always a battle that I've heard for years. I'm sure as pastors, you, you've heard that from, from people all the time. You know, it's just like, you know, listen, listen, pastor, I want to I wanna serve in the church, but you know, you know, God and then family. <laughs> That's not actually how it works. Right. It's like people say it's God is family, then it's church. No, 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 no. It's really God, church. Right. And family. <laughs> right. So so we don't we don't want to be out, out of order. So um, what the enemy wants you to focus on, he wants you to see actually that ministry and family are, are, are pulling from one another or taken from one another instead of enhancing one another. So the enemy wants you to see, like, if I go to church, if I serve in church, it's taking away from time with my family. Right. So let's just show this graphic real quick. We have a graphic. Um, I hope you can see it. Yeah, you can see it. Good. Can I see it? That's the real question. So it says uh, Colossians 1.10 it says so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him to uh, in all aspects bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God in the knowledge of God so when God is in the center of our lives we live to please him when we please God we want to influence each area of our lives when God influences each area of our lives he bears fruit through good works when God comes through in a special way, we get to know him in a new manner. See, when God is in the center of our lives, he just influences every area of, of our lives. Influence every area of our lives. So and here's an important key about 
um, um, a, ba a balanced Christian life. Important key is out of Matthews 10, uh, uh, 37 through 39, it says, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And, yeah. and, and however loves um, son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Here we go right here. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So the key to all of this, if we go back to the graphic, the key to all of this is what one, having God in the center of our lives, and two, is to lose our lives for his sake. If you lose your life for God, God will give you balance. So the problem is if you never give your, completely give your life or your time with God, you will always be searching for balance. Because God says, I want to influence every aspect of your life. Like, I want to be in everything. It's just not when you come to church and you serve at church. I don't want to just use you just on Sundays. I want to use you in your family. I want to use you during the week in your, in your jobs because I have a word. The word that I, I've given you is not just for church. As a matter of fact, it's not about church. Uh -oh. The word that God's given you is, out, is for the outside the four walls of this church, right? So the word that he's going to perform is going to be in these areas. So our list of priorities should be all about God. Let's just get, let's just stop right there. This said my, the, the, my list of priorities should be all about God. And how, how can it be all about God? I just need to lose my life. I just need to, like, every day that I wake up in the morning, I need to lose my life. Because yeah. if I lose my life, it's a benefit. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find a good one. I'm going to find the life that God wants me to have. Right. God's saying to lose your life. I'm trying to reinvent you. See, stop, stop going back to the same well. Do something different. Lose your life. That life that you once have. I'm not, I'm not bringing that back. I'm bringing a new one. <laughs> That's what restoration is for. God is not going to bring you back the same thing. He's not going to give you the same thing. It's going to be something new, and it's going to be something better. It's going to be something that you've never experienced before in your life. That's what restoration is about, <laughs> becoming the new creation. Yes. Becoming the person that he's called you to be. That's what it's about. Stop going back to the same well. Stop asking God for balance. Well, balance? He says, just serve me. Keep me in the center of your life. And your life will be balanced. Your life will be balanced. He will use you in so many areas. So many areas. So there are many situations when God um, will involve tension, <laughs> right? So think about the word he gave Jeremiah. It caused tension. It's like, I don't want to deliver that word. 
word he gave to Noah, I don't want to deliver that word. Moses, it's like he started making up, Lord, I can't, I, 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 I stutter, right? I don't, like, why would you call me? Like, I, I can't even speak, right? It caused tension, right? And, and, and sometimes the word that you give to someone else may cause tension. Yeah. Right? But God, so all, a balanced Christian life still involves tension, fatigue, sacrifice, and difficult decisions. We need to embrace tension as healthy, knowing that God's goodness is at work, right? Usually tension comes before joy. Tension comes before joy. So, but there is a, a way to walk faithfully in your responsibilities to your family and still spin and be spent in the service of our God. Lose your life. Mm-hmm. Lose your life. Your church ministry, your ministry at church and your ministry in your family are not designed, not designed to take from one another, but rather to enhance one another. Amen. So if you're serving in this church for the first time, you're using your gifts for the first time, God is so excited. God is so excited about that. But it's not going to stop here. It's not going to stop here. So I remember serving and started to serve in a church and just growing. And then I, I got this new job and I started to, to grow. Like people started to say things that, about me that I didn't know that was in me. People started to, to, to uh, see certain things in me that I, I had no idea what was in me. It started at church, and then it started at, in, in, in my job. And I remember that me, my wife and I, be, we became uh, deacons in a church, and we both had to look it up. Like, what is the deacon? I just <laughs> didn't know what that was. I've heard of it, but I just, what's, you know, what does a deacon do? Right? So I remember getting that uh, promotion. We had our ordination. It was, it was great. And I remember, and my wife spoke this. In, into an existence, she says, you know, you're going to be a supervisor at your job. I was like, what? you know, I was like, it was like 30 employees. I was the second to last hired. And so all of them had like 10, 15, 20 years already in. And, and, and she was like, yeah, you're going to you're going to be a supervisor. I was like, this, this woman don't know people that I'm dealing with at work. There's like no way. Right. But it was true. It happened. Like it was one day we had a new boss come in. I was doing certain activities and she came to me. She, she shared her vision with me. She said, I heard that you were doing this. And I heard that your supervisors uh, said uh, all these things about you. I'm just like, oh my goodness. So I became a supervisor at, at church, I mean, at, at work. And then it didn't stop. God kept going. And then I became an elder at, at church. Then I, and then I became a manager at, at, at work. And then it didn't stop there. Then I became a pastor at, at church. And then I got promoted again at work. So it wasn't just church. It was all aspects of my life that God was using me. I was just available. I was never qualified. All the positions that I got at work, it was created for me. Come on. I was not qualified, but I was called. Yes. Praise God. I was called. 
See, I don't separate my life as a husband and father from my life as a pastor. In fact, through my ministry as a husband and a father, God is using me to shepherd the church. And through my shepherding of the church, God is equipping me to build my family. All aspects of your life, all aspects, God will restore. God will restore. You know that. God will restore. Do you believe that? Yes. So let's talk about now the, uh, actually we, last week we talked about the first stage to uh, spiritual restoration. Today we're going to talk about the second stage to spiritual restoration. You ready? Okay, here we go. So the process of uh, uh, spiritual restoration is strip off every layer and close every door. So last week we talked about how we first must address the source, right? Because there's a foundation, a foundation of restoration, right? We have to be available for God to to restore us. So now, but then he take us through a process of restoration. So, So the first process, the first step to that, right, was to address the source, like why I am the way that I am right now, why, why these things continue to happen to me, right? Where, where is this pain um, coming from, yeah. right? So we had to address the source. And the, and the Lord, as the Lord told Jeremiah, I'm giving you words to pluck up and to pull down. Yeah. And that's what we did last week. We addressed the source and then we plucked up the, the, the bad seed, right, or the root. We had to get to the root cause of, of it, right? And then we pulled down the strongholds because you cannot pull down a stronghold hole before you pluck up uh, the roots. Yes. Right? Otherwise, the roots are still there. The roots will continue to grow, and you keep repeating the same things over and over again. It's hard to forgive if all you think about is what happened to you. Right. So it's the root. So you have to you have to you have to dig up the root first. Right. And so now. So after that. So now you, we're feeling a little bit better. We're on to something now. Like we, we we pulled up some of the roots. We pulled down the strongholds. Right. So now we're ready to the second step. Right. The second step is to strip off the layers. Right. And to close every door. Strip off the layer and to close every door. Strip off the layer and close every door by speaking words to destroy and to overthrow every yoke. Right? Remember, let's go back to Jeremiah. I'm going to take it. We're going to make a point here. Take you back to Jeremiah 10. Right? Again, it says, see, I have set you this day over nations, over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down. Now it says for him to destroy and to overthrow. Okay, you see where I'm getting that from, right? So again, so we strip off the layers and close every door by speaking words to destroy and overthrow every yoke. Isaiah 10, 27 says, it shall come to pass in that day that has that his burden will be taken off, uh, taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Yes. 
So start speaking words of healing to get rid of all those attachments. We need to we need to take off some of those layers. Right. So, OK, we plucked up this uh, rule and we pull down strongholds. Now it's just time to to become new. So you do that by pulling off some of the layers. Right. And then we have to shut the door to certain things. Stop walking through the same door. Right. Because otherwise, what you're going to be doing, you're going backwards, you're hustling back. Right. You're going to start planting the same seeds and the same roots will continue to grow. So you must peel off the layers and close every door. Right. Is there is a renewing that must take place. Right. You don't want anything to disrupt your healing process. That's why you must close the door, shut the door. Right. Shut the door. So that way now as you become new, that means that the layers are being peeled off of you. Right. So when God begins to restore you, he's looking for you to respond in four ways. You ready? We're we're almost done. Romans is coming out of Romans 12, one and two. It says, I beseech you. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good. Prove is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. So it says to first be presentable presentation. We are to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. And then we must separate ourselves. We must avoid um, uh, conforming to the world, the world's ways. Right. So we must separate ourselves and then we must transform. It says we must renew our minds and thus change our lives. The process of restoration is what transforms us into the new creation. So transform. Form, transform our minds. And it says demonstration. We are to prove we belong to God. We must prove that we belong to God. So that, those are the responses that, that God is looking for us when he's trying to restore you. He's looking for presentation, separation, transformation, right? And demonstration. Do you belong to me? Prove that you belong to me. Transformation. It says by the renewing of your mind. How to renew, how do we renew our mind? And we've talked about having a weapon, right? A weapon of warfare. How do we renew our minds? Well, it says to take every thought captive, right? And replace it with the truth. You take every thought captive and replace it with the truth. And see, the restoration process is just not God doing the work. We have to do something as well. Does anyone here have certain thoughts in their mind and you know it didn't come from God? It came from somewhere evil? What do you do with it? Because sometimes so you can pluck up, right, the, the roots. You could pull down strongholds for that day, but tomorrow is another battle. Tomorrow is time now to start peeling off 
the layer and say, I'm not going through that same door again. Because uh, uh, with repentance, it said, I repent and I move and I never go back. Yeah. That means I move into a new direction. So when God restores you, he gonna, he's going to to pluck you out of obscurity and place you in a place where he wants you to be. So that way he can restore you. So that way you can experience something new. You can see new things and you become that new creator. You become that new creation. Right? That's the process of restoration. But we have to do something. Like God is just not, you can't just come to church and think that God's just going to restore you just because you lift your hands. That's right. right. It might be a start, but every day should be this way. Uh Every day, say, God, I'm available. available. Strip off all the old stuff, right? Because he can't do a new thing if you're still holding on on. to the old. And God doesn't want you to always remind him of what you lost. God, I mean, God... You know what I lost. It's hard for me. It's hard out there for me, God. It's hard for me. It's hard, God. Help me, God. Restore me. Restore me. God's saying that. Okay, let it go. What's in your hands, let it go. I give you a better one. He says, give it to me. That's right. Give it to me. So he's just saying, I don't want you to focus on on what you lost. Focus on just serving me. Just serving me. That's kind of when your healing comes. That's when he starts restoring you. He starts renewing your mind. As I share with you my testimony of serving God, I didn't do anything special. I just showed up. Come on. And I am telling you this right now. I still show up. I would never stop showing up. God, I'm available. What are we going to do today? What are you calling me to speak today, Lord God? What, What words are you giving me today? I know you're going to restore someone. Let me check in real quick. Do you need to restore me? I repent today, God. I give you my, I lose my life. I lose my life so I can find one better. Today I want it to be better. I'm available, God, for you to use me. What words do you want me to share to people? How can I bless someone today? What difference can I make today in someone's life, God? I am, a, I am available. Because I know the word that you give me I may not know how to do it or say I may have some fears, but all I know is that your call and your empowerment always match. You will empower me to fulfill that call. And I know that you will deliver me when things get tough. When people criticize me, I know that you will deliver me. You will deliver me because I know that the word that you've given me, you're about to perform it. You're about to perform it. Restoration. Stop holding on to things you lost. 
God said, I got it. God is not concerned with the things you lost. He's saying, because I'm going to restore those things. The Bible says, seek me, seek ye me, the kingdom of, of God and his righteousness, and everything else, what? What is everything else? <laughs> everything else? <laughs> I don't know. It's to seek him first. Seek him first. Are you available for God? Are you available to be made available for God? That means you're being made available for others. That's right. That's good. Are you available? God can't restore if you don't show up. Come on, stand. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.